Hey, when does the show start? Hey, wait a minute. <gasps> First, let's hear from our sponsors. Oh, okay. In just a minute. 50% of all lifetime mental illness begins at the age of 14, 75% by the age of 24. You got something going on. You need to reach out to somebody, maybe a neutral third party, markwelltherapy.com. Dr. David Markwell and his therapists uh, do an amazing job there at Ridgeline Counseling. Markwelltherapy.com. They can do it virtually. You can stop by one of their three Georgia locations, East Cobb, Marietta near the square, or McKaysville, right outside of Blue Ridge. Again, markwelltherapy.com. True story. Uh, one of our most popular guests uh, is Matt Dugmany Aurora, the Aurora Law Firm. Uh, that's no joke. You guys love him. I love him. If you have any questions for him when he pops in on the show, you can go to podcastthebs.com. There's a whole section set up. You can ask us on social media, or you can leave a message on our hotline, 404-369-3825, possibly get a one-on-one. -on -one. Specializing in criminal law, located in Atlanta, but practices nationwide, theauroralawfirm.com, theauroralawfirm.com. It's time, ladies and gentlemen. After all these years in the radio business, Jason Bailey is finally unfiltered. I don't know what you want. With his bestest buddy and producer, all the way from Mexico, it's Nate, dude. Sit back, enjoy. Here is the podcast that is all about intellectually immature nonsense. Are a very particular set of skills. You will love it. Why? Because I'm Jason's neighbor. I'm old man Kevin. <laughs> and by God, this is the BS. All right, here it is, episode 151 of the BS podcast, the Bailey Show podcast. My name is Jason Bailey right there. That is the Nader Tater Vader Masturbator in Playa del Carmen, Mexico. Hola. Hola, como estas? How y'all doing? Muy bien, muy bien. Bien, bien, bien. And uh, <laughs> sitting with me on this lovely 1972 couch, white ivory, is Nikki D in her pajamas. Oh, I, this is a podcast. I need to get salacious, vivacious at least on here. Uh, salacious, vivacious in her pajamas. Nikki <laughs> she, she's gotten to the point, Nate, where she needs to be put over. Uh, she's getting a little taste. No, that's my thing. She that's get, our thing. It's, it's, it's my thing. Oh, I'm sorry. It's our thing. Yeah. She's, 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 getting, <laughs> she's getting a little bougie. Oh, no, I am not. She's getting a little bougie, Nate. She's getting a taste of this. No. Uh, oh, it's my show, too. Oh, I'm the D. I'm no, <laughs> no. longer intern Nickade. <laughs> I sit next to Bailey, but when he's not there, it's my show. All right. No, 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 no. When no. he walks out of the room, I'm in charge. Nope. Not at all i'd never have that attitude at oh, all i heard that you go to in and out and you're like don't you know who i am uh no get your secret menu out for me no. i would prefer the in but i will eventually take the out not at all even though somebody told me yesterday that the show opened and said that i was the baddest bee in the west now i didn't hear that but i'm definitely gonna go back and listen to the audio because if it says that I might have a little little bit of a problem. No, it's a, it's a, it's an imaging piece. It really says that. Yeah, we, you've been in the studio all twenty times that it's played. I have never heard it say that. Yeah, it says uh, two, two dads and the baddest bitch in the West. <gasps> 
Oh, my gosh. Nelson wrote it, actually. Somebody told me yesterday that it said that, and I'm like, no, it doesn't. I never heard that. They're yeah. like, I heard it. I was waiting for you to say something because I was kind of on the fence with it. I didn't love it, but I didn't want to. Uh, what's the verbiage, Nate, when you get in somebody's uh, creative process like you? Uh, Shoot them down? No, impede. Impede. Oh, okay. I didn't want to. And this mm-hmm. is this is before we even started the radio show here in Sacramento. I didn't want to impede on Nelson's creative writing ability. Oh. So he sent over a bunch of stuff, and I just greenlit it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Well, let's just see how this plays out." And so, um, and I did. I was. Uh, they they did it. They actually produced it. So it's it's we we were talking about it in the studio the other day with you. No, we weren't. I've, well, we I've, were. You obviously weren't paying any attention to us. Well, sometimes I'm working and my headphones are on and y'all are trying to talk to me, but I've never heard it. Somebody told me that last night that I was listening to the show. And we I'm can like, stop it if you don't like it. I love it. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> Let me tell you. I was you. trying to backtrack. I didn't know you were going to say I loved it. <laughs> well, no. we can change it to the baddest D, you know, Nikki D, no, the baddest D in the West. The reason why they told me that is because I went to the bathroom last night, um, you know, to use the bathroom. And I was in it yeah. washing my hands. And this lady comes up to me and she said, oh, my God, if I had my phone right now, I would so ask you if I could take a picture with you. So I said, oh, you you know, you listen to the show. I'm thinking that she just came to our, our live broadcast. She's like, no, you're no. the only black person in Sacramento. Right. So she's <laughs> like, no, you're just so beautiful. I want to take a picture with you. I'm like. These people are Dang. so weird here. And I'm telling this to my friend. He's like, yeah, I heard on the, the thing, the intro, it's like two dads and the baddest bitch in the West. So, like, you're the baddest bitch in the West. I'm like, what? It said that? So you, you can hear it, Nate. Can you not hear it? You can hear it. You yeah. can hear the bougie. You can hear the bougie. She's got, like, every time we go out, you know, it's this is becoming a reoccurring joke, but every time we go out to eat, oh my you, you've seen Grown Ups, right? Right. Okay. And Chris Rock's mom, or uh, <clears throat> mother-in-law, you know, and she's kind of like boot. She doesn't like Chris Rock, but when they go to the restaurant and uh, Kevin James picks up the tabs, he's like, we'll take 14 hamburgers. And then she goes, no, I am not eating a hamburger. I want the calzone. I want the Greek salad. Hold the tomatoes. I want the corn uh, uh on the cob, I like it. You know, she, you know, it's that scene. That's Nikki D. Like when we go out to eat, it's. I mean, it could be so simplistic. I mean, last like, so last night we had a broadcast. Right, there's a second broadcast, live broadcast in two weeks. We're right at Sky River Casino, which is a not only a sponsor of the show, but also I'm an endorser of Sky River Casino in Elk Grove, California. It is a beautiful facility, absolutely gorgeous facility. They were so hospitable. They had us on billboards. They had us set up in in one of their uh, restaurants, pubs, 32 Bruce Street. We had a green room. We had a green room. We were on stage. They had lights. They had the the lady from Sky River Resort saw our banner, the 98 Rock banner, you know, that's behind us. And she noticed that it was a little wrinkled. She went and got a steamer. And steamed. And steamed the entire sign. Mm -hmm. I mean, just everybody works and everybody wants the best for everybody. It's really, really cool. Nonetheless, not my point. My point is, is I was starving. I I still haven't gotten on a good eating. Like, I haven't gotten in any routine yet. Because we're still living in this fucking Airbnb and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) So I keep seeing the... Uh, the the waiters and the waitresses when they had when they brought the food they had to cross us in order to take the food so we just saw this line of food the entire broadcast and I'm going oh shit. 
<laughs> so hungry. And I kept seeing the, the giant pretzel, you know. You know those restaurants that have the giant hanging pretzel and they have all the little dips on the side? Vegas is kind of, there's a lot of places in Vegas that do that. And I was like, I, I need some food. And they're like, what do you want? And I was like, I just, just give me a pretzel. So like, okay, bring a pretzel. And, and, and uh, asked Nikki D if she wanted a pretzel. And she said, no, I'm fine. I said, well, why don't you just share this with me? Because I don't want to eat the whole thing. She goes, okay, we'll share it. Cool. And uh, they said, well, it comes with mustard and cheese. Because that's normal, right? When you eat a pretzel, to have mustard and or cheese. And she said, is that okay? It, is that okay? Well, the answer to that is, it's one of those questions that you know the answer, right? You don't need to, you know. Not necessarily. That's rhetorical. Why she I think that's it. what they call it, rhetorical. And, and so Nikki, and we're, we're, it's crunch time. We're, I mean, the pretzel's just so very, we're, we got a lot of stuff going on. We actually had fans show up for the first time, like listeners, <laughs> and, you know, we're taking pictures. I mean, this is like two weeks in, and we're doing really, really well. So in the midst of all this, we, we're ordering this pretzel, cheese and mustard. Yeah, that's fine. You know, in my head, I'm like, of course that's fine. And as she's turning away, Nikki D goes, hold on for a second. I don't want cheese or mustard. <laughs> That's not what I said. <laughs> First off, make sure the pretzel's extra cooked. <laughs> I want my salt pieces big and all over. And then add a side of marinara. Okay? Marinara. But not the chunky marinara. I want the kind of smooth sailing marinara. I simply asked her if she could add marinara because that's what I eat my pretzels with. And she said, sure, no problem. But this guy over here wants to make it a deal. Marinara, nobody eats pretzel. You eat your pretzel with your little nasty mustard, cheese, whatever you eat it with, okay? I eat my pretzels with marinara. Now, if she don't have it, it's fine, but I can at least ask her if she have it. It's a restaurant. Make sure that marinara's got extra oregano. (laughs) 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 It's everywhere we go. I posted a video of, I mean, like it, it, like people don't believe me. Like, or if you don't believe me, it's like, oh yeah, right. You've seen Bigfoot. So I fucking posted Bigfoot video. I I posted it in action when we were at a restaurant. (laughs) She's like, yeah, I want. Uh, extra dry noodles. I don't want them wet. <laughs> like, what the shit, man? Simply call ordering your food at a restaurant. That's it. <laughs> I always get beat up for how high maintenance I am because I don't like, I mean, it's very simple. I just don't like tomato, onions, or peppers. So most things have one of those three things in there. So I get beat up and called high maintenance. Dude, you don't do shit until you go out with this girl. He's extremely high maintenance. It takes him five minutes to order a side salad. I don't want (laughs) onions, tomatoes, but can you add eggs and cheese? And I need the extra side of blue cheese. And he cannot talk about me at all. Oh, I can, and I'm doing it very well. No. <laughs> well, you know, this is why you both have get horrible service. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you are absolutely correct. I do get horrible service. <laughs> yeah, I'll hold the onions, but I'm going to hock a lo- big loogie in this right now. <laughs> <laughs> you are 100% correct. <laughs> um, so I'm trying to kind of think of what we do on this podcast because it's a, it's a different it's a different audience than the radio show podcast, but the radio show podcast is the same audience with an extra audience. Right. Does that make sense? It does actually make sense. Okay. So what we're doing before, like with these episodes, and now that the network has, has tweaked a little bit, 
Which, by the way, I'm so happy that you and Alexis are doing your uh, your a full episode moment. of the Mexico Moment stuff. I think that's awesome. You guys are doing such a great job. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and people like it. You having fun doing it? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, we just we just kind of talk about what we've been doing, and um, usually something comes up. Like uh, this past week, uh, we were watching my friend uh, Tom's place in Tulum, and his whole house flooded. So we had to deal with that. So there's always something weird going on. <laughs> I saw that video. I was like, "What is happening?" I forgot to send that stuff to you. Damn, I, I, I'm going today. I'll send it out to you. Is it too late? Wait for what? To send that equipment out to you? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. It's not too late. He doesn't. Uh, my brother-in-law doesn't come down here for like two weeks or something. Oh, okay. Good. All right. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. A lot of stuff to ship back. I, I have this. Uh, so I'm I'm still ordering stuff for the house in Atlanta because Rach and B's are still there. And as we prep to sell it, there's some things that, you know, I'm sending, you know, send some hot tub stuff. There's that greenery stuff in the back that needs to be replaced. So, you know, I'm still in charge of all that. So I'll go on to Amazon and say, well, I keep forgetting that I put this Airbnb that we're staying here in Sacramento as the default address. Oh, okay. So all these boxes that you see, like mm-hmm. that huge box, they were all supposed to go to the house in, in, in Atlanta. Oh, okay. Because, yeah, I pulled it in when I came in last night. I'm like, I don't know what this is, but it wasn't heavy. So my truck is like full of stuff that I got to return. So I have to like... Order it again immediately so it gets there. Oh, dang. And then I got to do this and then wait for the return. So it's a, this is a, this is a fun learning curve. <laughs> you know, like a lot of times when you move, it's hectic. And I'll be completely honest with you. If I didn't have Nikki D and Nelson here with me, it would be, extre- I think it would be very, very difficult. It would be. It's no thinking. It would be. Are you talking about uh, you, for you too or just me? No, for you. Oh, I was trying to be nice, and then she comes. Oh, yeah, you don't have to say that twice. I know if I weren't here. (laughs) Let me tell you something, Mr. Bailey. Because I just know you and Rach, you guys have been together, number one, a very long time, a system. Y'all have things that you do, things that you are used to having done, and you're used to being around people. I'm kind of used to kind of being by myself. So it would be hard for me still because it has been hard, but it would be harder for you if you were just here completely isolated. Well, let's, let's not get crazy. I can I can still. I used to be by myself all the time back in the day. Bailey, you don't like to be by yourself. That is not true. Rach says the same thing. I love being by myself. Nate, does he like being by himself? <laughs> tell him the truth. We can tell him the truth here. Uh, you, you, you are always surrounded by somebody, which isn't a bad thing. <laughs> well, I have no choice with these two yahoos <laughs> because they live here. Which, by the way, might be coming to an end here sooner than later. I'll get to that here in a sec. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm around my wife because I like to be around my wife. Exactly. And I'm around my children because I like to be around my children. And you don't like to be by yourself. But if I have to be by myself, I'm fine with it. You just asked me not even 10 minutes ago, what, what are you doing today? Oh, I'm going to do this and this. Yeah, because we can meet up at the mall and we can have lunch. Like, okay. What's wrong with that? That's me. (laughs) Jesus Christ. That's like me being nice. We're hanging out tonight. We're going to be together all night. We live together. We work together. Fuck yourself. No. Let's go eat lunch. No, fuck yourself. Let's have breakfast. No, go fuck yourself. Everything together. Let's hold hands. No. Dance around in a circle. She got her own car now, so she doesn't need me, right? She got a she got a little Corolla, so I she's running around town. A rental car for three more days, and then I'm back to the back to square one. So she thinks she's like, I don't need you, Bailey. I'm going to the ghetto mall. And 
<laughs> that is I got true. wheels. I got wheels. Look at my shoes. <laughs> Look at my ride. Pimping my ride. Look at me rolling down the street in my Corolla 5.0. Listen, this was me backing you up and saying that it would be a little bit difficult if you was here by yourself. That's all. See, that's what it's again. You're not picking up what I'm laying down. Okay, what are you laying down? What I was saying is, I was like trying to be sweet and give a compliment, and you were just like, you don't, you don't, you don't focus on what I'm saying. You just focus on the sweetness. Yeah, and, and I appreciated the compliment. And you, no, but yeah, but you did. No, you don't because you went off on the non-sweetness <laughs> stuff. So you start focusing on how man, can't be alone. And yeah, you're lucky. I know this. Yeah, of course, you should be thanking me. You should be tweaking my nipples with the fish. You know, no, like, no, no, that's not what I said. So you should have you should have responded with like, "Oh, that's so nice. That's so sweet. God, really, that's really that made that made me feel good." And then I would go on with the story of talking about you know how I miss my family, but this, and then I was gonna probably talk about how messy Nelson is, and <laughs> how messy Nelson. But is. you ruined the whole bit. <laughs> Where is he? Is he sleeping? No, he's gone. He, he, <laughs> We're going to put that in the bonus content. He, some of it. He he may or may not be alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to... The bonus content for the premium two percenters will get to hear. What? We don't know. We really don't know, but, but we got this cryptic <laughs> message. Yeah, there's a... There's a, there's a, there's a there's some theories. Mm-hmm. Nikki and I have got some theories, mm-hmm. uh, but um, we just don't know. We don't know for sure. But Nate might know. Mm. Nate would no, be no, the no. one to ask because he might have told well, Nate. Yeah, I think last I yeah, last I heard he was he was taking the train to like San Francisco or San Jose or something. That was like last week though, right? That was last oh, yeah, weekend. Was last he weekend. went to San Jose to get a to, to get a sweet 1993 Ford Explorer. <laughs> really a throwback. Very cool. Uh, and I'm not making fun of it. I'm being dead serious because I had a lot of good times in that body style like that. My buddy yeah. had one, so it was really cool. It was like '93 Ford Explorer. So yeah, he drove that back. And he was very excited because he he came back, which I could totally get. This is that he made it a point to go through San Francisco and come over the Golden Gate Bridge. Um, he never done that before, so I've never done that either. I'm looking forward to doing that. Maybe I'll do that uh, coming up here with when Rach and Ariel come into town, which will be uh, this upcoming weekend. So, um, like, we close on our house this week. So, we close on our house this week. One of our pods is delivered this week. I've got furniture, new furniture being delivered this week. And I hired some movers to unload the pod and put the shit together for me this week. So, it's a lot happening. There is a lot happening, which is why he's trying to kick us out. It's crazy. No, well, we'll get to that. In the, 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 do you want to get to that now, or do you want me to save that for the, the 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 bonus stuff? No, you just said that you were getting into it now to say why we were doing this and that, and I ruined the bit, and we're melting sloppy. We're getting kicked out, all that. They're the dirtiest people I've ever met. Not they. They are disgusting. I man. clean up Nate, behind they're myself. So gross. And I clean up behind Nelson. Do you know what they do, Nate? Can I tell you what they do? These people are driving me nuts. And, you know, and I came in there with the attitude of uh, they're not going to be clean. One of them more. I mean, Nelson just screams dirt ball, you know, so I, I had the mindset, but nothing can prepare you for this in real time. It's really bad. Um, the, the worst. This this is kind of the straw that broke the camel camel's back. 
they don't push their chairs in after they get up. I mean, who <laughs> doesn't do that? Number one, those <laughs> chairs are on carpets. Okay, they're not like a kitchen. Oh my god! So you have, have to exert energy and just, pick it up. Oh you know, shit! And then the chairs weigh like twenty pounds. Oh, twenty. So pounds. I try to make sure when I get up, I put the chair in. But sometimes you don't because it's so hard and it doesn't move. When you get up, it's not like the push. Get up, push. It's it's, it's, it's a sign of laziness, is what no. it is, and disrespect. Yeah, Nate, you'd agree, right? What are like the kitchen chairs or like yeah. for the kitchen table? Yeah, kitchen chairs. Uh, I mean, yeah, so you, yeah, you yeah. I guess you should. It's pretty easy to push them in. Thank you, thank you. You haven't seen these chairs. It, oh, she's making it sound like you know they're King Arthur's throne chairs or something. They it, really are. They're, <laughs> they're made of solid wood. Oh my! If you can pull it out, then you can push it in. You have to pick it up, pull it out, pick it up, put it in. Yeah, exactly. It's just that you're too lazy. Mm-hmm. Same with Nelson. Too fucking lazy. These two people are lazy. <laughs> lazy, lazy, lazy. Like, you have to tell them what to do in life for them to do it. If not, they'd just be, you know, splashing around in some kiddie pool in the backyard It's a, for the entire day. It's too cold out there for that. It's, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And then <laughs> Nelson, you know, is a step above just the chairs. Like, the... I came I came home the other di- night and oh I went to Depeche Mode which was way cool by the way. And I was home by like 11:15, you know, Pacific time. And I go into the kitchen cuz you know, I'm getting a drink or something and I look in the sink and it's all red, like somebody had been slaughtered. And I'm like that's <laughs> disgusting. Something and somebody had a bloody nose, somebody died, whatever. I was like somebody got shot, maybe it was a home invasion. I was like, well, I'll figure it out in the morning. so i went to bed and the next day i get up and it's still i washed it out a little bit but it was like stained and it's you know it's it's a process of elimination right it's one of two people it's either nikki or nelson and and you still haven't seen nelson (laughs) did did somebody murder him (laughs) no i hadn't seen him yet so you know it was it was by this time it was probably like 10 o'clock in the morning which you know you should these guys need to be up by at least seven so, uh, it's just, I don't understand how you can sleep so late, you know, cause that's one o'clock in the real world. And, um, so I'm like screaming, I'm like, Nelson, dude, what is this? And I'm, I am blaming him cause I know it's not Nikki. And it's definitely not me. And know, I was already sitting in the kitchen working and eating. So it wasn't me. I hadn't even gone to the sink. And when he gets up and comes out of his room, it's like, it's, it's a production. It's a production. It's a process. <laughs> like the whole house shakes. You know that scene in, have you ever seen What's Eating Gilbert Grape? Long time yeah, not for Yeah, not for a while. And the mother's so large that she's just bedridden. But when she finally does get up to yell at the cop after arresting Leonardo DiCaprio, like the, the way that they shoot it is that she gets off the bed and, you know, and the floor shakes and the house shakes because the foundation's, you know, shifty. And then she comes down the stairs. And you see the dust kicking up off the wood planks. And then she finally gets down there and she wobbles over. And then she confronts the cop. That's what it's like every time Nelson comes out of his room. You hear him get up. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> 
He sounds like a grizzly bear. It's <laughs> 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 like a transformer coming down the hall. <laughs> so it was his cherry coke. Anyway. Yes, he had a cherry coke that that's, he poured in his. That's, that's the end result. Cherry coke. Is cherry coke that red? His was. That's what he said. Dude, you got to come to California. Shit's red over here. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know about cherry coke and Cali, man. It's some fucking red. It's, it's red. made different out here. It's made different out here. Uh, we're still getting used to the stuff out here, though. You know, like I, I, I ran out of my dip, so they don't sell any flavored tobacco. Right? You fucking vapors ruin that shit. So. Uh, because all the kids start, you know, blowing water smoke and they wanted all these different flavors because they didn't have the balls enough to go. That robot penis. Yeah, the fucking robot penis sucking on a USB stick and uh, stupidest shit I've ever seen. Anyway, so I blame the vape era generation for ruining California not having Skull Mint because it started with them and then you give them, you give, you know, lawmakers an inch, they take a mile so you can't find anything. You can't find menthol cigarettes. You can't find, you know, uh, s- uh, grape swisher sweets. You can't find any of that stuff, right? All basic. Mm. It's all just straight up, yeah, basic, straight, you know, which I started dipping when back in the day day. So I'm like, you know, man's got to do what a man's got to do. But the, I know that it, you, know, you, can, you can always, I heard that. No, you didn't. I did. I heard your, I heard your dinosaurs. <laughs> Oh my God! You did they 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 were barking, weren't they? <laughs> it was so low. I know, but I heard them. Gosh, I feel like you got your ears trained. Like I want to hear Nikki's throat. No, like, they just in I, the middle of a sentence. I hear I hear your brontosaurus is barking, man. The mic over here. I know for a cheap ass microphone, that sure picks up some good shit. <laughs> anyway, um, so. So I ran out, like I had loaded up before I came out here. Like every day I would go out and, you know, usually they'd only have five cans available. So I'd buy five cans, five cans, five cans. And so for a month-ish prior to me coming out here and doing the cross-country trip, like I had bags of dip that I had brought with me, okay? And then the, the plan was that, you know, when knowing that Rach was coming out at the beginning of April, she would just replenish. And you have more. Yeah, she just put it in her suitcase and I'd have more. And so I ran out a week, like last, like like four days ago. So what is it that you you dip too many times, or how did you run out, or you didn't time it right? Well, you don't time it. it. Just I just ran out. I mean, I I ran out. I don't know. I didn't actually. I've dipped a lot less since I've lived out here. I just haven't had time to dip. So I've I've dipped way less here. Actually, I've dipped less in the last month and a half than I've dipped in years, to be quite honest with you. Because I'm so busy. That's true. I've just got so much going on, so I don't have time to dip. In a lot of the places that we're at, you can't dip. And I don't know if people here do dip. You know, there's a lot of smokers in California. Yes. Lots of, which is crazy because it's supposed to be this like health driven state where all these laws, we were talking about something on the show the other day, California's trying to ban Skittles and Ding Dongs and Mountain Dew. And I mean, all these like laws to make you healthy, like forcibly make you healthy, um, which is another conversation in itself. But yet 
they let people smoke. Every, like, there's so many smokers. Because I guess that's the one thing they can't take from them. So they like, hmm, forget these laws. We're smoking. So well, I'm I'm shocked because aren't aren't cigarettes super expensive out there? Yeah, they are. So a can of dip is like uh, almost eight dollars a can. Um, I, I'm assuming cigarettes. I don't know. I, I don't smoke, so I'm assuming they're at like twelve dollars a box. I know in the casino because Nelson does. Um, he paid fourteen twenty dollars for uh, you know a little thing of cigarettes. What? Yeah, I'm looking the yeah. the average uh, for just a pack of cigarettes is eight dollars and fourteen cents in California. Yeah, I mean that's that's about on par with like what Chicago is. You know, but if you get into the South, like Georgia or, you know, the tobacco states, North Carolina, um, Florida, it's gotten expensive as well. Florida's hiked up. You know, I think last time I was down there, they, they, they uh, I paid like almost $7 for a can of dip. Anyway, so here's what happened. Um, so I run out of dip and then Rachel's like, well, I sent you a care package, you know, and, and I got dip in there. So I'm waiting for it. And it was supposed to come the day that I ran out of dip. And it didn't, or it came, it just hadn't got there yet. And I had to leave and go into work. So I stop at uh, this convenience store and I go in and I said, Hey man, how you doing? Of course, everybody's friendly. I still have yet to meet a not nice person. It's unbelievable. I have a hundred dollars put aside in my wallet when I meet that person. Cause I'm going to say, dude, I've been here for fill in the blank amount of days. You're the first dick that I've met in Sacramento. <laughs> Uh, I was like, here's a hundred dollars. I was like, it's a thing. Not trying to be dick back. I'm just telling you, you're the first one that I've met in, you know, over a month. I mean, that's crazy that it took this long. So, um, you know, the guy's really cool. Young guy behind the counter. And there's another dude in the convenience store shopping, middle-aged guy getting himself a, you know, a guzzler and, you know, some snacks. And so he's behind me and I walk up and, you know, just being friendly. Hey man, how you doing? <clears throat> and, and like, nobody's in a rush really to go anywhere. And uh, he's like, hey, man, how are you? He's kind of like uh, Paul Rudd in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. And he's like, okay. hey, man, there looks like some pain behind those eyes. You know, <laughs> I'm going to give you a California name. You're Chicha Pepino, you know, or something like that. He was just kind of a laid back dude. And I go, look, man, it's the first time I bought dip in, in California. He's, and he called California something like California or something. He goes, yeah, man. I go, you guys don't have obviously mint or anything. He goes, no, man, they, they banned it. And uh, I said, well, do you have Skull Straight? And he was like, oh, yeah, I just haven't put it out yet. Let me go get it. So he brings out a, a roll, a sleeve, which is only five cans now. And uh, I said, well, I'll just take the whole sleeve. He goes, woof, okay. And I was like, Jesus, how much is this going to be? <laughs> so he rings it up. It's 44 fucking dollars. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. He goes, you sure you want it? I'm like, yeah, I mean, I got no choice, I guess. I'm, I have a choice. But, you know, I was like, yeah, sure. And he goes, uh, I said, so how do people get, you know, mint dip if they want it? And he goes, um, he goes, black market. <laughs> I go, there's black a black market. I go, I guess there's a black market for anything that's not legal, legal right? Yeah. Yeah. So we're in Nikki shops. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> The, le the left side of that store, right? Because there's the white market, too. And so, uh, and so uh, I was like, okay. He goes, I've got um, mint or grizzly mints and pouches if you want some. I'm like, yeah. He goes, but I got to tell you, it's me selling it to you, not the store. And I'm going, you're working at the store, and you're talking out loud, and there's cameras, and there's 
customers. <laughs> I, was, it, I was like, it doesn't, in my head I'm going, this is, this is so weird, this isn't happening. Am I being punked? Am I being, it's just like entrapment? Sting set this up. Is a sting set up? Like there's so many things going through my mind at this time. I'm like this guy's openly talking about like just as long as he says, it's from me, not from the store, he's clear, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. he's like, let me just go on break real quick. Cha-ching. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so, so, so he, he goes, but it's real expensive too. It's real expensive. And I go, okay. Um, how much? And he looks at me and he's not sure. And he says, $10. <laughs> and I said, $10. No, I'm not paying $10. And he goes, okay, okay, okay. Wait a minute. Hold on. How much would you pay? How about six? And I'm like, that's a weird negotiation. <laughs> yeah. You just started at 10. You asked me how much I'd pay. You didn't let me answer. And now you're saying six. Yeah. He how thinks, about a 40%? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he thinks you're loaded since you're going to pay 44 for the five. I guess. Like, oh, I guess. Who got some money? Anyway, so uh, so I paid the six and I just left and I like looked around. I thought I was going to get tackled on the gravel like at the end of To Catch a Predator. <laughs> You know, where you leave the store and they show up. I'm, I'm looking around getting ready to check somebody. You know, like, okay, come on. Anyway. What did uh, the pouch look like? Is it one of like them like Ziploc pouches type things? No, the pouches are, uh, they're about, uh, you know. It looks like those pouches in the bottom of your clothing. Yes. Like in your pockets and shit. Like the Delicasante oh. or whatever it is. <laughs> He's right. They are. But they're they're like netted. Oh, okay. So you put them in your mouth, you get the juices. They're good for, you know, if you don't want to get the dip in your mouth, if you're on a plane because you can't dip in plane. Like, they actually say it now, no chewing tobacco. Before, they never said it. So when you get caught, you go, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to do this. And they said, well, at the beginning of the flight, we say that. I was like, no, at the beginning of the flight, you said there's no smoking. Oh. <laughs> you know, so now they say <laughs> chewing tobacco and whatnot. So anyway, um, all right, well, we'll uh, we'll get to premium 2% or stuff, as we were telling you about what happened well we didn't tell you what happened but something happened yeah. the other day with nelson we can't figure it out and we don't think it's good mind you um but nate might know because i have a feeling nelson and nate talk a lot they and might. and nate doesn't tell me nelson alludes to it so i don't know <laughs> uh the the big question is where can we get the podcast for the radio show at nine hit rock in sacramento so We've been on the air now just a little over two weeks. We had some technical difficulties. There's no doubt about it. It was, it's nobody's fault. It's just, it was, it was what it was. And um, it's all fixed. So the Odyssey app, this, the new Odyssey app that they've done is really user-friendly. It's very cool. You just have to search for the BS, the Bailey show mm -hmm. or 98 rock Sacramento, and it'll pull up and then just scroll to where it says podcasts and we're there. Yep. And it has our logo. And they're all up there. They're also on thebaileyshow.com. And they should be fixed if you go to odyssey.com, which I doubt you will. But thebaileyshow.com is where you can find them if you're listening online. But most of you are doing it on your phones. So the radio show is going really, really well. You know, I mean, we're, we're going into, you know, at each week I have a strategy on how I'm going to introduce different things to the audience just so they kind of can get acclimated to my style and what I want to do. I think that they're used to a certain type of, you know, boobs and beer type of rock radio, yeah, which is not my thing. And so uh, they're going to get a little dose of different type of guests coming up 
you know, like the Brad Meltzers and the Bubba Rays and, and those types of people. So uh, there, it'll, it'll it'll just be interesting. But we did, you know, we've seen a gradual increase of participation every day. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you know, right out of the gates, you know, we're having phone calls from people. We just have to program everybody that's listening to it live to just call all the time. And, and these, not just for prizes. And yeah. not just for, like, me saying, best call gets A or participate in for prize. Just calling. I mean, you want to get that real radio vibe, and, and it takes a minute to program people because for years, they just haven't called this radio station. At all. You know, back in the day, I heard it was booming, right? That's mm-hmm. it, it, was, it, was, it was on fire. It was, you know, it was all kinds of good stuff. But for the last couple of years, I guess, for whatever reason, just there hasn't been you know a lot of phone, a lot of interactive, a lot of inter, a lot of interaction with the audience. So, we'll have you guys got any um, like Atlanta listeners calling in? Yeah, we've had a couple. Well, Jose he sent us Chick Fil A the first day. <laughs> we saw that. That's so nice mm-hmm. of him. That was the sweetest thing ever, man. It was cool. And he like coordinated it with Rachel, and she didn't tell me. She was like, you, oh, that's cool. you need to step outside the studio. I'm like, man, I'm getting ready to go on the air for the first day. I can't, what? She's like, just do it. <laughs> it, it trust me. Just, it's like, okay. So I go down there and the like Chick-fil-A lady's there. She's like, I need to get a picture. And I'm like, this is a lot going on here for the first day. <laughs> it was, it was so, <laughs> it was nice, but it was kind of a little bit overwhelming. Cause I'm like running around and he's like, you need to go down to the, to the front and get a package. I'm like a package. So I'm going down and I'm like, Hey, I came to get a package. And the lady, she, she was a little like, you know, not rude, but like, who are you? And I'm like, you know, Jason sent me down here. And she's like, well, where's Jason? I'm like, well, he's busy. <laughs> and so somebody like rolled their eyes. I'm like, Where's the package? I mean, why is it all this for me to pick up a package? Well, it's not a package. It's Chick-fil-A food. So I'm like, okay, so as I'm going to turn around and go back and get Jason, because clearly they don't care nothing about old Nick, uh, he was coming down the hall. So I'm like, all right, here's Jason, guys. They they probably didn't because she got there and she's like, I like Chick-fil-A, but I need the Chick-fil-A sauce and Polynesian sauce, and I mix those together, so I need just one off odd amount of the Polynesian sauce. And I don't like an overbreading on my chicken tenders. Okay. I like the chicken tenders with a, this is overbreading. I need you to come back with a light bread. That's probably why she wanted me. Definitely did not. (laughs) Can somebody run out to Popeye's and give me some sweet heat? (laughs) So, uh, so yeah, so it's, you know, it's been good. And, um, you know, the podcasts are up, and, and I think this is where, you know, you OG two percenters are going to come in and to play and come into play strong because, like, your feedback and your following, um, you know, and I, I try to reply to as many people as possible, especially in our private chat and whatnot. But uh, you guys, uh, it, it's like this is what I imagined in my head. You know, technology allows us to do what we do but still yet be connected. Yep. And just because I don't live in Roswell, Georgia anymore – doesn't mean I still can't entertain you. Yeah, and just because I'm not going to be able to do this the way that we've always done this, at least mm-hmm. for the past year, doesn't mean that we're still not going to entertain you. We're actually giving you what you wanted. Yep, the games are back live, and yeah. So, and then you know we'll we'll figure the rest out. So, um, and I, and I appreciate those that appreciate what I'm trying to do. Uh, so please download. The, the radio show, either from the Odyssey app or the baileyshow.com, I would like, you know, within a month, you know, when we have these staff meetings, 
and they bring up the digital side of things and downloads and stuff, mm-hmm. I would like for us to just out of the gates now that everything's fixed, they go, holy shit. You know, he, you know, these two percenters that follow the Bailey show are awesome. Like really, really cool. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you can do that and we're gaining an audience here, I mean, we're already seeing, you know, people dig the show. I mean, there was a show before us that had a following and I get it. Been there, done that, followed bigger shows in bigger markets. I understand radio listeners get um, disgruntled and they want to take it out on somebody and they have all this false information on what shows were and you know, I mean, I had the, I've been in the same spot, you know, I mean, when I left Orlando, the guy that followed me had to put up with shit from people for, from what I heard from like a year, you know, and I never wanted that. I want him to be successful and I want the radio station to be successful. Just want everybody to go off. But radio listeners look at those things differently. And I understand why you do it. Right. Because I've been upset about shows being canceled and people fired and taken off the air, too. So I get it. But there is a point where you have to be a little grown up and say, I'm not going to shoot myself in the foot if I enjoy the radio station. And I think I might enjoy the radio show. Then why do I want to be a dick? Exactly. You know, why do I not want to be entertained or have an opportunity to win something or be a part of something? You know, so we're, we're kind of at that stage right now where we're, we're getting people on board. Which is cool. Yeah, all the people that came out yesterday was like, love the show, listening, you know, welcome to SAG. Like, they were all really nice. They drove out there specifically to come meet us, so that was cool. Yeah, we had some people drive, like, a good distance to come out and say mm-hmm. hi, so that was, yep. that was pretty cool. So, good things, man, all good things. Good things, Rube. Good hey. things, good things. When do you guys both go, I know you go back to to see your kids and, and graduation and stuff like that. When do you guys both do that? Uh, I don't go back until May. I'm supposed to go back in May, but if I don't find a cheap ticket, I don't know if I'm making. <laughs> She's trying to find excuses not to see her daughter. That is not true. She, I just have a lot of stuff to purchase, so I can't just be frivolously throwing money crazy. She's like, if I can get out of seeing this girl, <laughs> I'd be so happy. <laughs> that is not true. I'd go home next weekend if I could. <laughs> but the tickets right now are like $700. So I'm trying to find a cheaper route but still comfortable because that's a long flight. And I cannot be on no cheap airline with no TVs for five hours. I need three TVs. <laughs> I need a cow zone. I need some noodles, but not dry. I need wet noodles. I need Prosecco because I put the hoe in Prosecco. All right. And I need it in a clean glass, sparkly glass with bedazzled beads on it, because that's how I roll. I'm fabulous. So if I'm going home to see my child and my dog that I both hate both of them, I need me not just VIP, but VIP, if you know what I mean. Comfortable. That's it. So all these other 244 people that are on this Delta flight need to get off because I need to stretch. I need room to run. I'm a gazelle when I'm in the air. Oh, please. <laughs> I just need a TV. <laughs> all right. Uh, we've got an amazing guest coming up, so uh, please listen up for that. And uh, we'll get you some bonus content, you premium two percenters. Um I, I guess we'll discuss, I mean, for the most part, is Nelson dead? 
Because <laughs> we really don't know. <laughs> or, or, yeah. We, we really after, don't know. It's not even a joke. After yesterday, he might be, so we don't know. Um, with that being said, uh, let's talk to our guest. Hang on. Hold up. Wait a minute. Let's hear from our sponsors. Just about everything needs to be insured in your life, right? So find the best in the business. That'd be Sean Camp at Country Financial. House, boat, motorcycle, car, you name it, needs to be insured. How do you get a hold of Sean? Easy. Call him. He'll pick up 678-519-9028. Tell him Jason said, hello, 678-519-9028. Yeah, make sure you mention the BS because he takes care of the two percenters. Or you can email sean.camp at countryfinancial.com. S-H-A-U-N dot C-A-M-P at countryfinancial.com. The camp agency at Country Financial. It is your one-stop shop for all your insurable needs. You're the only person I'm going to say this to. Feel free to call my wife. 404-797-4600. That's if you're looking to buy or sell a house because she's a realtor. And that's why I'm here to tell you how great she is and how awesome she's going to be for you. She's a realtor with Coldwell Banker, Rachel Guy. She's your guy, and she's my wife, and she's awesome. 404-797-4600. You can also get a hold of her. I am rachelguy at gmail.com. Rodents get cold, too. They might want to get warm in your attic or crawl space. Uh-uh, not on Inspect All Pest Services Watch. Inspectallservices.com. That's the website you need to go to and book an appointment. Mention the BS. Receive 10% off your exclusion work. Did you know that uh, one big issue with house fires is that squirrels cause them by chewing constantly, chewing on the wires, plus all the disease the rodents bring in. Don't let that happen to your house. Inspectallservices.com. And back to you, Jason. Oh, every time I hear that music. Oh, iconic. Oh, my God. This is one of the only television shows that I'll sit through the intro. Oh, for sure. And you are forced to listen to our guest, which is a treat, mind you. I say that with the utmost respect. I never in a million years thought that I would have a conversation with the voice of Law & Order. I think it's outside of like The Simpsons, it's like the longest running television show ever. It's like in its 850 millionth season. Right. Uh, that gentleman... Uh, what's well, that gentleman is Steve Zernkilton. I'm sorry, what were you saying, Steve? It's how many seasons? 33. 33 seasons. Wow. Did you ever in a million years when your agent came to you and said, Hey, Steve, I've got a gig. I want you to read for this Dick Wolf production of some crime show that 33 seasons later it would still be around with like five different spinoffs? No, but that's not actually how it happened. Um, what happened was, <clears throat> back in the mid-'80s, I was at a restaurant with a friend, and he said, oh, you know, that's, that's Dick Wolf over there. And I didn't know who Dick was at the time, but uh, he was um, then the um, co-executive producer with Michael Mann of Miami Vice, and he had been a writer for Hill Street Blues. And I was you know, hopeful of getting into acting or voiceover or something because I was <clears throat> on the radio at that time. And um, so I had my real estate associate broker's license. I had my generalized um, insurance license. And I met him, and um, we were talking, and he was buying a home near us. I said, why don't I act as um, you know, a buyer's representative for you to make sure everything goes smoothly, which I did. And here's where I date myself. 
Mm-hmm. He said, you know, what do I owe you for your services? And I said, oh, nothing, don't worry about it, happy to help. But here is my voiceover demo cassette <laughs> tape. And, um, you know, if you ever have a voiceover project, you know, you know, please keep me in mind. That was that. thought really nothing much about it. About six months went by, I got a call from his secretary saying that he wanted me to do the bumpers for a new show on NBC called Nasty Boys. I think it was like 1989, something like that. And, um, which I did, it was nothing, it was just, you know, the show will be back in a moment on NBC. Um, that didn't last that long, and then the same thing for H.E.O.P. on ABC with John Mahoney. And then the call came that Mr. Wolf would like you to play an on-camera detective in this new pilot called Law and Order. So I did, I had an 11 a.m. call, shared a trailer with William H. Macy, who read books the entire time. And then they got around to shooting my scene at 2.30 a.m. the next morning. <laughs> and Dick's like, you know, how do you like it so far? Just a lot of sitting around and waiting. I had one line, look at that, do you believe those guys? It was a dark stakeout in a barber shop in Greenwich Village. And, you know, did such a great job, they never had me on camera again. So time goes by, CBS passes on it, Fox passes on it, nobody wants it. Brandon Tartikoff at NBC said, let's give this thing a shot. Then I get a call. Mr. Wolf would like you to meet him at Todd A.O., a studio on Broadway in New York, no longer there. He has something he wants you to read. And so I went in. Dick stood next to me right at the uh, podium. This piece of paper, he underlined the words that he wanted emphasized. Read it a few times, and that was the opening of Law & Order. The same, the same scripts the same. he gave to you that day uh, many, many moons ago. Is framed in my home studio at home, yes, on the wall. Oh, yeah, that's it. wow. I wonder what the you same. could get for that. I, A signed autograph of the original script of the intro of Law & Order, if it were signed by not only Steve Zernkilton, but also Dick Wolf. What do you think you could get for that? I have no idea. But uh, I think that's something I'll, I'll give to my children, and they can make that decision. <laughs> well, yeah, that could put a grandkid through Harvard, at least. <laughs> at you know le- what I mean? At least, I would think so. A couple so. of them. Uh, so have, do, you, do you have it memorized? You know, it's funny. It, it, it's yes, but sometimes when somebody says, can you do it right now? Uh-huh. It, well, wait, you're putting me in the spot, you know? And uh, right. so, yeah, I mean, I... And, you know, there are several, but... For the most part, yes, except for when I'm, you know, under some kind of uh, pressure like now. Yeah, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to ask you to do it. I'm just curious, you know, like I get it. You know, there's certain things that, you know, I'll memorize if it's in front of, you know, it's kind of like a song where I know the words if I hear them. Uh, I, I, I get it. Where, where did you do radio at uh, before you, you just strictly did voice work? I started in college, a little tiny 10-watt station, WNEC, and then I went to Ellsworth, Maine, to WDEA and WWMJ. And then I did a brief stint as um, a field reporter for an NBC affiliate in Bangor, Maine. And then I was talking to my, you know, newlywed wife at that time. We'd only been married for a few years. I said, I really want to, you know, see if I can do something, you know, with this. Um, and I'd like to go to New York and try. And so she said, well... You got to do it while you're young, or not at all. And so <laughs> off I went, uh, you know, four or five days a week, pounding the pavement, do the demo, get the agent. This is back in the days of the pager and the payphones when the call would come, and mm-hmm. you had to be in New York, Chicago, L.A., you know, to 
try and break into the higher levels of the business, and you see the same 10, 15, 20 guys every time competing for that same loaf of bread. And then in 1998, um, by then, you know, you had digital recording, and I, we put a studio into our home in Maine with an ISDN line, and I was doing HBO Asia for a while and different things, so you have all these crazy hours, but it made it so, you know, you no longer had to commute. And that was a was a big turning point. Did, how many times, or is it like one of those, if you've had a nickel for every time somebody's come up to you, more probably so when you were younger, breaking into the business and said, Steve, you've got such a great voice, you should do radio. You know, nowadays you don't have to have the voice, right? You just have to have the personality or get lucky or know somebody. But back in the day, you had to have the voice. I still get that now. Oh, do you? Um, it's like... Have you ever thought of being, you know, being a radio or something You're like? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> you should do voiceover work. So you do the thing for that long. Yeah, that's great. But you really should, you should dumb your paycheck down a lot and do radio stuff. Right. That's what you should. <laughs> that's what you should do. Uh, all right. So we'll, we'll go, we'll go backwards in a second to, to Law & Order. I'm a huge Law & Order fan. Absolutely diehard Law & Order fan. Like my Law & Order claim to fame is, um, uh, uh, Mariska's husband, uh, his name just left my mind. Uh, help me out, Steve. Mariska's, what is it? Isn't it Peter? Yeah. We, we interviewed. Peter? Yeah, we, yeah, we had him on because he plays the uh, prosecutor or he plays a prosecutor for SVU. We had right. him on and we were talking, it was some new show, uh, new movie that he was doing. And, and I heard a rustle and I heard a rustle in the background <laughs> and my, you know, my radio personality, spidey, spidey sense intuition <laughs> says, hey, hey, is your wife next to you by any wife? chance? Are you doing this conversation from your bed? From your and his response was, maybe. <laughs> and I said, okay, if your wife is next your to wife? you, hypothetically speaking, could you, I'm not going to ask her, you to put her on because I understand, but would you just say hi to her for me if she's there? Maybe. <laughs> so I was like, all right, that's the closest I'm getting to her, I guess. Um, so now we've gone, you know, there's there's a bunch of law and orders. SVU, the go-to for me. The new organized crime, I think, is done phenomenally, uh, brilliantly spun off and also combined with SVU and the relationship with Liv and, um, and Elliot. So now you've got about blood and money. And this is a new crime doc series that you, again, the go-to Steve Zernkilton is a part of, which is on CNBC um, and also Oxygen. So is this just another thing Dick Wolf's people reached out and said, hey, need you at the studio to record some more stuff for this show? Um, they reached out quite a while ago. I think it was the beginning of last summer, June or something like that. And said, you know, hey, we've got this new project, and you know, we'd like to have you read for it. But they weren't convinced at that point whether or not um, having me would make it too law and orderish. So they weren't sure. And so I, I did one episode, uh, basically as a, as an audition, as a, you know, wow. to try and see because they had to run it by networks and and um, and Dick, obviously, uh, to see. And so we did that, and then. Took a little bit of time, but everyone said, "Hey, you know, okay, let's let's give this a shot." And so this is the first time that Law and Order becomes real life, where um, you know the you get the interviews with the actual prosecutors, the actual detectives, the you know involved in the case, and you hear things 
that I don't think you would have known about before, you know, until you hear it, you know, from from the people who are actually involved. This this high stakes chess game between the the defense and the prosecution, and it's it's fascinating. They're sad stories because it's real life about greed and killing and things like that. Hence the title. Um, but these things actually happened, um, and they continue to happen. So there's never going to be a you know a, a lack of um, mm. you know resources to to come up with subject matter, and we'll find out this summer whether or not it gets picked up for a second season. I hope so, because I had a lot of fun doing it. I learned a lot doing it, um, and I hope that the viewers uh, you know, will like it too. So th- there's a bigger thing going on here, and I don't know if this has been brought up yet when you're doing your media tour and you're talking to people. Probably not, because you're not going to talk to somebody as educated as I am in this world. <laughs> so this th- this is very, very similar to uh, another show that's on CNBC, which is American Greed, which is uh, narrated by the great Stacey Keach. Uh, and now we it's not about American Greed versus blood and money. It's now about Stacey Keach versus Steve Zernkilden. Mm-hmm. I mean, two of the best voice guys in the business. So that's what it's about, Steve. Well, I hadn't quite thought of it that way, um, but I, I, uh, I'd like to feel like that, that all I am is, is a compliment to, um, you know, the, the folks who are really putting in the hours so for the show, doing the research and doing the interviews, and, and uh, to be mentioned in the same sentence as Stacey Keach is a privilege, so I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, man, and I'm just playing around. Yeah, I, I, I'm a huge <laughs> Stacey Keach fan. I, any, the voiceover world fascinates me because it's not just having a – God-given talent of a great voice, but there's a lot of hard work that goes into, you know, pronunciations and breathing, and it's like people don't get how difficult your job really is. Do you have to explain that to people that come up to you and go, you got the easiest job in the world, man. You don't even really work for a living. Oh, oh I've heard it. I've heard it so many times you can't even imagine. Um, but the one thing, it, it's what people don't really understand is that, you know, anybody can look at a piece of paper, they can read it, but to bring it to life is a different um, challenge altogether. And, and when I'm, you know, sometimes have some aspiring voiceover people, um, you know, ask me questions about it. And one thing is to look for, before you read anything, you look for a trigger. Um, for example, I was, um, this one young lady asked me to help her with her senior project, which she wanted to do in voiceover. So I said, okay, fine. And uh, she came over to the, uh, the home studio, and I was working with her, and I said, okay, read this, this copy. In this particular case, it happened to be I think, a Royal Caribbean ad, something like that. And so she read it. I said, okay, so now what you want to do is you want to convey to the listener, um, in this case, um, or it might even be a viewer, you need a trigger that's going to get you in the proper mindset. So before you start reading this copy, I want you to go, and pretend that you're laying down on a lounge chair by the pool on this cruise ship, and then tell me about it. And the difference was night and day in the read. Wow, that's great advice. That's fantastic advice. You know, the, and, and there's the, the other aspect of, of when you read something to, as you say, Steve, bring it to life, is, you know, little tricks of the trade. Tell me if I'm off here. You're the pro. I'm not. But, uh, you know, I've been in radio for almost 30 years, and, I've been taught many things about if I am reading copy, you know, read it looking up. You know, a lot of people will read looking down and there's a totally different demeanor. Read with a smile on your face, just like in television, uh, on television, you can't smile big enough. It just, it doesn't, 
you're you won't you don't realize really you don't realize how it translates on TV, right? No, you really can hear a smile. And of course, the subject matter that I primarily do not a lot of smiles. <laughs> um, but, uh, I know exactly what you mean. You can you can hear a smile. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, there are little tricks. I mean, even the hands, for example, when you're when you're reading, uh, you know, if I if I hold my my uh, hands up to my ears and I put them into a fist in both hands, those are drama hands. Um, and then if I open my hands up and I you know, wiggle my fingers. Those can be comedy hands or light hands. It's just, and you can move your hands around. And of course, obviously, you wear a, a shirt that does not have a collar, so it doesn't chafe against your neck and make sounds into the microphone. But you, with your hands, can bring things to life. Yeah, I, I'm a hand guy. I, I'm always these guys I work hands. with. You know, moving the hands. You know, in the studio, moving the hands. When uh, you're in in your studio doing voiceover for different projects, you're in there by yourself, correct? Like nobody's directing you. Um, no, oftentimes it's just like now. Often, t- if I'm auditioning, then yes, I'm by myself. Mm-hmm. But if I'm doing a project, usually I'm hearing the director in my headphones, just like I'm talking to you now. Oh, okay. Really? Oh, that's neat. Yeah, you, a lot of times you'll be like in a sound booth, just like a, a radio studio. You know, we have a producer's booth. Okay, and then somebody's on the other okay, side. Yeah, somebody's on the other yeah. side. Yeah, directing him. This show, this show I did uh, at a studio in Jupiter, Florida, yeah. where Celine Dion did two of her albums, and a great engineer, a guy named Ray. And it's a privilege as a voiceover person to have a pro, you know, doing the recording, because otherwise it can be very time-consuming. Um, and... Uh, <clears throat> So yeah, it, I'm, you know, it was it's a lot less work for me if I can record in a studio with a professional engineer than when I have to then sit down, go and do. I use a program called Adobe Audition and to do, do the editing myself, which I do because I'm crazy perfection. I'll take out the little mouth clicks or something if you know if I didn't drink enough water or something, and and uh, you know you know how it goes. <laughs> it's funny he's using the it's same program we're recording him on. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Blood and Money. I want to go back to the the some of the episodes. Like the initial episode is the story of the mafia royalty, um, and it's Las Vegas mob uh, and this woman, uh, this Susan woman. Berman. Right. I mean, do you you watch this stuff? Right. I mean, you not just do the voiceover, but you actually watch the show. I watch every episode with a scratch uh, voice track, and I compare that then with the script and. Yeah, I watched every show ahead of time, for sure. And her, her dad made tons of money working for the mob in the mid-20th century, and then the, the money just kind of went out, and Susan, this woman, Susan, inherited the, the money after his death. Uh, and then she was found dead from gunshots to the back of the head, and uh, and then so on and so forth. So, I mean, like, wh- when when you're, you're looking at this, um, and then also, you know, Robert Durst is involved in this story, correct? Yes, he was the first episode last week. Yeah, right, exactly. So, and, you know, wow, what great timing, right? Because the guy just died. Yes, right. You, mean, you, <clears> could, <throat> you couldn't, couldn't have planned that one any better. It's almost like Hollywood knows. No. Are you in place? Well, he's the great example, too. He's the great example of how much defense money can buy because he was a multimillionaire, had enough money to buy the very best attorneys um, to try and find any little, you know, weak link um, in the case of the prosecution. And uh, so it's, it's a fascinating, you know, chess story to watch and to hear it from the mouths of the actual people involved, I think is very interesting. What's your favorite law and order to watch? 
Oh, it has to be the beginning, the original, just because that was where it all began. Um, you know, I love, you know, Mariska, Chris, they're all great people. I've had an opportunity to work with them at different charitable events and things like that, and also some events uh, supporting police work, the National Association of Police Organizations. Every year now for the 23rd year, it's like the Academy Awards um, for cops, the most heroic stories that have taken place throughout the previous year, and, and unfortunately, of course, the recognition of so many of our fallen heroes who were killed in the line of duty in the past year. But they'll take these 10 things and I'll, I'll narrate reenactments of them and then they bring these um, very shy heroes up on stage to receive their much-deserved recognition. But I can tell you, these men and women don't like being in front of a camera or a microphone and, and um, they're, they're happy out there protecting all of us. Do you, do you talk with Dick Wolf often? No, no, not really. I mean, you know, once every year or two, something like that. Uh, right. Can, can um, you can you jot down a little note next time you talk to him <laughs> and tell him that Jason Bailey, Mrs. Cregan, <laughs> please. Oh, well, I mean, I'll, I'll try to keep that in mind. I'm not sure when I'll see him next. So I'll try to keep that in mind. He's like one of my favorite. He's like the nicest, like older guy. You know, just. How he ran stuff. He was very fair, but very firm. He, I, I literally cried when he passed the torch to to live. Really? I, I swear to God, I'm going. What is Dan, Dan Florek you're talking about? I'm sorry. You talking about the actor Dan Florek? Uh, well, isn't his name Dana? Oh. Yeah, you actually know the actor. What you want? Yeah, Cragen, the you know the 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 captain. Isn't his real name Dana? His first name. Okay. I think it's Dan Florick. Is it? Oh, Dan um, Florick. You're right. Okay, it is Florick. I thought it was Dana. Anyway, yeah, that's who I'm talking about. This, that, it, like, very nice guy. The most lovable television character in the world, and he didn't really have a big Hollywood career up until like Law and Order is the biggest thing I, I believe he did as far as a you know mainstream success. So he didn't hit his stride until later on in life, right? And when you meet him, he is just as down to earth humble and nice in real life as what you see on TV. Wow. Super nice guy. Got his number? You talk to him? <laughs> no, I don't. No, I don't. Right. And then, of course, Richard Pelzer, you know, recently passed away, and yeah. I had an opportunity to do a book on, book on tape for him called Dead Wrong, his book about conspiracy theories. That was my first and only foray into um, <clears throat> audio books, which are very time-consuming, and there are people better at that than I am, but I, I'm... Um, Happy to be in the narration world. All right. Well, la last thing for you, and I'll let you go, Steve, but do you know the story uh, behind, like, where did that come from, and is there, like, some cool story of what actually makes that sound? No, I've heard conflicting stories. I've heard it's supposed to be Mike Post's interpretation of, like, a jail cell door closing, bouncing back a half an inch, and then closing you know, with finality, is what I've heard. But I don't know the actual real story. Yeah, I don't either. But it's... it's it's Iconic. Yeah, it's like it's like <laughs> Nintendo, Super Mario Brothers, uh, Windows, uh, You've Got Mail, you know. You hear that sound, you know exactly where it comes from. It's it's part of that conversation yeah. of, of, of iconic pop culture sounds that will live forever and ever. All right. Uh, oh. 
Blood and Money is the new show. Uh, highly suggest to everybody. I mean, if you watch Law and Order, you know, you're going to watch this. Dick Wolf is an absolute crime genius, in my opinion. Uh, so make sure you're tuning in to CNBC and Oxygen. You can find out where it's at. Uh, of course, uh, I'm sure on demand anywhere on uh, on the apps as well. Steve Zerkilton. Hey, Steve, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Really, really, really cool to talk to the voice of Law & Order. So thank you so much for coming on. Well, thank you for having me. You guys take care and have a great day. You too, you sir. Too. Thank you. Get off my lawn. It's old man Kevin, and the BS is done for right now. Please share, like, and support. Podcast the BS.com. Now, get out of here.